Alright. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, summer break, over for GoVols 24-7 time. Enjoy these weekends while we can time, because that's about to go away for about nine months time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the GoVols 24-7 podcast, the GoVols 24-7 podcast, sometimes imitated, never duplicated, ever. Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, Grant Ramey, Fun Squad, in the house today as I talk away from the microphone when I shouldn't because I'm trying to plug in a cord. You're not very good at multitasking. I'm terrible at it. I am so, so, so bad at it. Coming to you on this early Friday afternoon here in the Fort Rucker sunroom. Good news, guys. Good news. I believe... By this time, either next week or the Monday after that. Nah. I'm going to go ahead and say nah. They will begin the three-day project to finish, knock on wood, finish I believe the it. studio upstairs so we can go back to the uh, ancestral home of the Go Boss 24-7 podcast. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Fort Rucker sir. Studio. It's like, be- uh, it's like old brother where Arthel and he <laughs> the, took two weeks to ship something anywhere. Your floors are two weeks away from being fixed for the last six months. Yeah. Had I known at the time that it was going to take this much time to get the final part of it rescheduled, I would have just, we would have gone to the studio and dealt with the floor for a few months and then moved everything out when they did the, the construction. But I thought it was going to be a lot quicker when it happened. So as is often the case with construction projects, because I am the son of a contractor, so I know how these things go sometimes. But good news uh, for y'all out there. Bad news for us, because it means our our summer, which is, do I stand corrected in saying, or do I stand on firm ground saying it's our favorite time of the year? Yeah, personally. It's over. Personally, it's over. Just right? kiss it goodbye. It's over. SEC Media Day next week. Last Chance you use back on. When Last Chance you comes back on, when you hear that drum line in the theme song, you know it's over. Yeah. First time you hear a commercial, like the drum line's on, you're like, yeah, oh, no. That's it, it also used to be when NCAA came out, too. It was like, summer's over, football season's here. That's right. R.I.P. R.I.P. NCAA football, at least for now. Maybe it will come back. Thanks, Ed O'Bannon, for wanting to make money off of your own name and likeness. What a jerk. Thinking you're worth people using you and you get paid for that. <laughs> come on. What kind of, what kind of rule? Kind of what kind of crazy talk is that? But what is this amateur hour? Yeah, what that's what this <laughs> pun podcast, intended. That's what this podcast is. But yeah, here here is the deal, guys. SEC football media days are upon us. They will be here in what four days from the day that we are four or five days from the day that we are recording this. So depending on what day you're listening to this podcast on, that's uh, coming very soon. Uh, the uh, back in Birmingham. Speaking of ancestral homes, Hoover. It's ba- a Hoover. Back in the get it right. Back in Hoover. It's not a Hoover. They'll be there. It'll be a homecoming for Jeremy Pruitt. Yes, it will. And maybe he, and he will get questions about two days. I guarantee it. And maybe, just maybe, he will uh, send out a tweet about his old <laughs> high school and get reprimanded by the NCAA because that's what they need to be doing. Is getting after do him you, for congratulating uh, his alma mater on winning a high school do you, do state you, basketball championship. Do you think the NCAA like sent back an envelope saying you've here's your punishment? And, and Tennessee thought, hey, we're get, this is the update on Aubrey Solomon and D'Angelo Gibbs, and they opened it up. It's like the <laughs> yes. Jelly of the Month Club yes. scene. 
Clark, that's a gift that keeps on giving the whole year. It keeps on giving the whole year. Try not to tweet this stuff, please. <laughs> Try not to tweet an endorsement about your old high school and its How basketball program. How dare you? Because like, clearly that is a huge, huge asset in the recruiting circles in high school football. I really hadn't thought about that until you just mentioned it, Pat, but that is hysterical if they thought if they got an envelope from oh, NCAA sure that, and they thought it was Aubrey Solomon news. I'm sure they don't actually do anything by snail mail anymore. But I mean, it's the NCAA, they might. Who knows? I'm, I'm just thinking about the the how funny that would be. They click on the email thinking that it's... Imagine all the commitments Tennessee was going to get from that tweet, uh, cheating through that tweet. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, the NCAA stepped in and... Put, so, it, put its foot down. So I hope somebody asked him about Hoover, and he's like, well, I got in trouble for talking about one of my old high schools, so I'm not going to talk about this one. I, I can. <laughs> I, I would be willing to put a fair amount of money on that being his answer, <laughs> at least in, in jest uh, at some point. I'm looking forward to more uh, recruiting subtlety answers when he is answering a random question, and he just mentions Grayson High School yeah. in Georgia, where they just happen to get one, you Morris. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, what was the other one? Uh, West Virginia, where Darnell came from. Huntington. Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, he mentioned that subtly in a... In a was that last year at Media Days yeah, he did that? Yeah, that was last year at Media Days. That worked out. Everybody's recruiting antennas. Then he said Charlotte, too, was the other one, right? In, yeah, everybody's antennas uh, went up. Yeah, it's it's funny that that's perhaps the only. That's pretty much why they got Darnell Wright and one anymore. Well, they already had one, yeah. But that's the only. The, Crouch. I've been thinking about it. The only tie that binds Butch Jones and Jeremy Pruitt whatsoever. The only one. There right, isn't yikes. one. Stop. No, just hold on. stop. No, hold on. They, there's a billion traits out there people could have, and there's one that these two people share. I don't think that's a. I'm that. Just let me finish. No. The only thing that I can find in common between the two men is nothing. Is that they will answer questions that have nothing to do with recruiting with answers about recruiting. They will find a way to bring recruiting into no, any question stop. at any point. It's stop. like on the office when Pam started talking about the possibility of Jim flashing her and she said, I'm saying some things. <laughs> this is Wes right now. Stop saying things. No, no, nothing in common. Zilch. Nada. None. They both answer questions that have nothing to do with recruiting with answers about recruiting. It's really not the end of the world. But this I'm is, saying that's but, what they do. But this is going to be the first what time most coaches do. we've heard from Jeremy Pruitt since the spring game. He's done a handful of radio inter, uh, radio hits, radio interviews. I don't think he's done one in a couple of weeks, though. Well, he went, so, they went, they went, he went, he hibernated. If you're wondering why it's been such a quote unquote quiet summer, that's why. Um, yeah. And that shouldn't be a surprise. Um, Jeremy Pruitt isn't, he, he's not getting paid by Tennessee to. To talk, talk to us all summer. He's well, he's getting, getting paid. He's, to, he is getting paid in part to do media interviews because true. that's part of his contract. True, but he'll he'll do enough of that during the year. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, it, it's no, I don't, I don't mind it either. I mean, sometimes it's kind of a pain to go search for more stuff to write because if he would just talk occasionally, it would make our lives a little bit easier. But I don't think he's in the business of Wes, making our lives not, easier. Yeah, he's not out here to make our lives. And easier. Ev- everybody brace for impact next week when we ask who's looked good this summer, and he says. Just everybody in general. Yeah. Not going to name any names. Not going to, I don't know. You know, I don't not going down that road. Not going down that road, guys. I just, you know, we got a lot of good football players on this team. We got a lot of guys put a lot of work in, you know, look forward to the season. But we should get an Aubrey Solomon update, even if it's a yes. non update update. And D'Angelo Gibbs, the same thing, even though they're not really non-update expecting update. one with D'Angelo Gibbs. So Trey Smith, non update update, but he'll say something. Yeah. It'll, it'll, sound, it'll sound positive. We should com- Andre, probably. We should compile a list of questions we're going to ask and not get specific answers about because it's all gonna, of them. It's going to be impressive. All of them. It's going to be impressive because uh, that's going to come up. Uh, you're going to get questions, uh, and the three player representatives we should say are going to be Garantano, uh, Batuli, and Warrior. What are their first names? Daniel Batuli, Jared Garantano, Nigel Warrior. Nigel's not going. It's Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor. The hashtag. He's going to whoop that freaking thing. 
Yeah. I, I do think it's interesting that he's taking Garantano because in the past he's sort of been kind of lukewarm on saying good things about Garantano, and now he's taking him. But then again, who else would you take on offense if it's – I mean, you could have taken Callaway. You could have taken Juan Jennings. Trey Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll wear T.O. sunglasses and start choking up talking about his That's quarterback. That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. But yeah, no, I, I think that those were those were sound decisions. I thought maybe Bailey Buchanan was a guy that, that could have gotten an offer. There were some other guys that are good with media that they could have taken down there, but uh, they could have just taken team spokesman Ryan Johnson down there. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think that that those those decisions all make sense, and and we should go over those questions that that we think after a quiet off season we think are going to be asked. We've obviously mentioned the the big ones. Um, in terms of the eligibility of, of Aubrey Solomon and perhaps even D'Angelo Gibbs, those are the newsy items. Plus, uh, Juwan Jennings' injury. What's yeah. the what's the the official word on that? His situation with his knee. Um, I'm sure that'll be an ongoing thing. They'll have to kind of monitor him, and he'll have a, what is it, load management or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah. th- throughout NBA throughout, term. There we go. Th- throughout throughout spring, uh, throughout throughout preseason camp and the season. And uh, I think at this point, Juwan Jennings is a guy that you can say, okay, just just be ready to play when you need to play. You're a senior, you're needed. Let's just go ahead and, and get this thing, get in there when you can get in there. Uh, I think that's going to be the issue. He's going to get there. those veteran optional days. Yeah. Like a, in an NFL training camp. Like good friend of the pod, but, Jason Swain, senior season, when basically his his uh, his ankle and knee were so bad that Fulmer was like, you're just going to stretch every day when the reporter's right there, then you're going to go inside and I'll see you on Saturday. Basically, the, that's what it was like. And, and Yeah, but the thing with Juwan is if you're going to hold him back, you have to like keep him in the building. You can't If you, go, if you let him go on the field, he's, he's going to go 100 and However many percent. Yes, he will. He, he will. So not, if you're going to if you're going to try to if you're trying to load manage him, then you gotta you gotta keep him off the field. Yeah, you have to keep that dog on a leash, or or else it Ooh, will get out and it, and it will get out and bite people. That's just what he does. Um, I think we're going to get he questions about that. Going to get questions about uh, Jared Garantano and his development in the offseason, since obviously he's going to be a guy who's going to be there. I would imagine that he's going to get questions about uh, the offensive line and the development that he's seen there in the offseason. I would imagine that he's also going to get questions about the development of the defensive line throughout the se- throughout the, the offseason because you're replacing all three starters there. Probably some questions about Jim Chaney. Uh, Georgia yeah. goes the same day. I know a lot of those guys will be focused Ooh, on what uh, – It's going to be Jim Chaney day then. What, what Kirby Smart is saying because Georgia goes earlier in the day but certainly there might be some uh questions in the various rooms about that situation yeah that's going to be jim cheney day that's going to be like and then you'll have the billion bama reporters asking poor questions again about bama because you know that didn't happen all of last year except for it did so well that will happen again this season uh, there's a lot of interesting topics that i think will come up uh in this in this journey talking season yeah because i mean you think about it I don't know exactly what things have been like for the other 13 coaches in the SEC. I can't imagine any of them have spent fewer time, fewer amounts of time speaking than Jeremy Pruitt has. I I, I can't imagine that. Well, didn't Nick Saban have, uh, was a hip surgery or something like that? He had some sort of surgery. Maybe that was after. Maybe that yeah, was before spring. Saban always does like a sneaky number of national and, show type stuff, though. And I don't think Dan Mullen's done a lot because his team is falling apart around him. <laughs> <laughs> Not the team, the recruiting class, my bad. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong. No, I'm not wrong. They, they had like what a top ten class, and like their four of their highest rated guys aren't going to be part of it. Yeah, that's rough. A lot of Tennessee fans just hate to see it. They I do. I respect, just hate to see. It. Respect Jeremy Pruitt because he doesn't want to talk to anybody, and he lets <laughs> you know that he doesn't want to talk to anybody. He just wants to do his job. Yeah, kind of like me. 
It's like I, I, you're paying you're you're paying me to coach football, right? Right. You're paying me to coach football and win a football games. It's like the quote about recruit football we, players. We, we just had Christmas break off, and we just had spring break off, and <laughs> I don't need a break. Sometimes we don't have. We've got enough time off. It's time to work. I'll never forget I, the one of the the things that I've talked with Pruitt about, and he's mentioned this several times. Is why do y'all ask some of the questions you need to ask? I'm like, and you have to tell because you have to do this with any first time head coach. This is something with any first time head coach you have to do. But the answer is because even though we know what you're going to say, we have to have, like, I don't, if I'm going to write a column, I don't necessarily need your quotes. They help, but they're not needed. The rest of the guys, they need quotes to back up information and stories or else that makes stories a lot shorter and a lot less, um, you know, a lot, a lot less fulfilling for people to read and for, for, for us to write. And, and so that's why we need them is because we know what you're going to say and we can't just make up that you said something, even though we know what it's going to be. We have to get your quotes on. He's like, okay. Yeah. I got the impression like he still thinks it's stupid, but like he sort of understands well, it. <laughs> he, he was still sort of getting comfortable with that part of the role last season. I thought his, his talk at the, at the, on the big stage at, at media days last year was fine. Of course they had all that manufactured Georgia drama where, yeah. Uh, was Aaron Murray came out and was like, Pruitt was mean to Mark Rick. He was a meanie. And David Pollock came out and backed it up and said some of the stuff I heard, but you know, as if it was going to be, as if people can't like change over the course of however many years it's been since that happened. And talked about like he was a till of a hunt. And and the fact that, you know, some of the stuff that Pruitt complained about eventually did get changed. And now look at Georgia where they are. Certainly I'm not saying that Pruitt had anything, you know, had a lot to do with it, but you know they still call that indoor football facility the jeremy pruitt indoor football facility because he's the go. one who complained publicly Plus, about needing it to, to be built actually i i should correct myself because he recruited some guys that ended up being pretty good players for them deandre baker one of them yeah uh, plenty of them that helped uh georgia sort of hit the ground uh running pretty quickly not long after kirby smart took the job here's the thing before before we go to break the thing i'll mention though is that and i've always said this about pruitt and i've said this to him too for a guy who doesn't really he doesn't enjoy the whole dealing with the media part of his job. He's pretty good at it when he wants to be. When I think he, he's gotten a lot more comfortable with it. When he, when he's actually, when he actually, when you ask him, it's all about, if you ask him a question that he wants to answer, he's really good. Now, if you ask him a question, he does not want to answer, which we have to do sometimes. He does not like those and he's going to be dismissive and he's going to answer them very curtly and, He's just gonna get. He's just gonna get on with them. He's not gonna answer them. He's gonna be like, "Well, this." I mean, obviously. But if you ask him a question that is like related to the play on the field, or if you ask him a question about anything about defensive backs and the techniques there, or if you ask him about you know just certain very very specific on the field issues, because even when you talk about scheduling, he'll be like, "Now nah, we gotta play who we gotta play." You know, if you ask him about just don't ask him about Halloween. If you ask him about off the field trends, like if you're trying to do some trend story where you talk to a bunch of SC coaches about something, and it's not like either player safety or something like that. If it's something just like some sort of a national trend, he's probably not going to care. If you ask him about anything that's not football related, he's probably not going to care very much. But if you ask him a question that he wants to answer, he's really, really good, and he will give you really good answers on that kind of stuff. It's just like with anybody else, you have to know what you're what you're asking him. You got to know who you're talking to. If, if you do that, you're fine. Personal favorite's the Halloween question. Yeah. Which, uh, which, Did you dress I'm up not, for Halloween? No. That's how I remember it. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm the reason that Ben Fredrickson of the Knoxville News Center asked that question, but I was definitely goading him on saying you should do it. Oh, yeah, was it uh, Blake? Blake Topmeyer? I said, who'd I say it? I said, did I mention Ben? You brought up the ghost of Ben Fred. Wow. 
Wow, he's he's actually just on my Twitter timeline. I'm looking shout at right out, now. shout out, Ben. Friend. Yeah, Blake, uh, Blake, Blake Topmeyer. Yeah, I, good I was, dude. I, both, both good dudes. I had been goading Blake for a good half hour before the end of that practice. Can't, you should do it. Just ask him about Halloween. Ask him about Halloween. <laughs> Blake looks at me before Prukas and he's, "I'm going to do it." I was like, "Yes." <laughs> what, your, what was your favorite Halloween costume? What were you going to dress up? And I had to try to like oh. not roll out of my chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you're wondering, do things like this happen? In pre- in like in in um, media rooms and in shout out to Ben Fred and, and in Blake. press boxes. Yes, things like this 100 percent happen where we do try to go to each other into asking questions that are going to be given answers like that at press conferences. So that's that's what especially during the season when we get them a few times a week and it comes becomes kind of redundant. You got to spice it up a little bit sometimes. So that's what we do. My my favorite part about media days are questions about SEC media days. Coach, it's good to be here, isn't it? Aren't you glad to be back yeah. at media days? Thrilled. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, come on, Thrilled. Man. I've been on the I gr- love coming here talking to 15 of you people crowding around me invading my personal space. 15. I, I've I'm been, like 25. Before we, before we go to break, I, I, I've been like on... 40. I, I've, been, I've been on record <laughs> with Quote, this. unquote, local media. I've been on record with this several times. I love my job. I absolutely positively love my job. There's only a few other things in this world I'd ever really want to do. Love this job. Do not want to complain. Love almost everything about it. Here comes it. a complaint, Grant. But I hate but, SEC but, media uh, days with the passion of a thousand burning suns. I, I used to. I hate it. Uh, when I was at the Times Free Press, I had to stay all four, all four days. It is so. And that was the worst because Tennessee would go first. Or, you know, Tennessee would go the second day. And the last two days, I'd just be kind of. My heart wasn't in it. Yeah, like <laughs> writing about other teams. I mean, I'm just like, eh, this isn't gonna help. Yeah, there there have been times where it's like, can I, can I like fake a flu or can I, <laughs> you know, I hate, I hate. You just go there. Didn't and, you get out of it last year? Or, no, I, no, I, I know. You I, just I, forgot your laptop. Yeah, I forgot my laptop. One way to get out of it. No, it was two. That's my laptop. Wasn't here. it two years ago that you didn't go because you didn't you stick around to, to talk to Butch at one of the the modified caravan events and that was when he brought up five star hearts again am i remembering this correctly kingsport that was was kingsport shout out oh that was the five star hearts fiasco that's right i remember you sending a screenshot oh he got so mad about that of uh of butch being like talking like normally and then he turns on and sees that you're there when you start asking him a question and you can just see the (laughs) the life drain out of his face (laughs) you send a screenshot he's laughing and all talking to all these like tri-cities media people and he's like oh hey how you doing and then ask a question and he doesn't know that i'm there yet and then he turns and this look gets on his face like the scowl well now this sucks so yeah, but but, but I think you're right about that. But yeah, the uh, the bottom line is it's just it's a billion people in a room and asking and, the same questions over and over, and ninety percent of the questions are bad, ten percent of them are good. It's just it, bad. In Butch's defense, a lot of us make a similar face when you walk in the room. <laughs> I make it when I look in the mirror. I mean, I understand, but yeah, there's. Didn't we uh, have an ad somewhere? <laughs> Grant's ready to get the show on the road. Squeak got, toys. I got to go. I got to go lift, bro. Uh, I gotta you, go hoist. Okay, dust thou even hoist, bro. Do you uh, do you guys still like products? Love them. Do you like services? Grant likes gym products and I gym do. services. I need to order some supplements. Thanks for the reminder. And maybe maybe there'll be some supplements or some some whey protein or something like that's going to be uh, uh, our sponsors. I think this he week. goes with the harder stuff. The uh, creatine. Yeah. Yep. Check. Do you like <laughs> do you like deer antler spray? Muscle milk. No comment. I don't do muscle milk. You don't do muscle milk. No. You do harder stuff. You're doing it wrong. We're not getting into this. Let's go to the break. <laughs> let's uh, let's go talk about Grant's steroid use, and then we'll be uh, we'll be right back. Hashtag ad. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. We're back knee. Get it? Yeah, did, did you guys like me trying to hit the button and then accidentally just hitting my I my thought you were trying to kill instead? a bug. Honestly, I thought you saw like a fly. No, as you can see here, the mic, since we're not in our regular, normally I have the one that hangs down, you know, the, the microphone. I'm going to drop my pun one more time because nobody got it. I said we're back knee. So you're talking about steroids. That was okay. Okay, that was that was well played. Grant's gonna go straight from the gym to the comedy club <laughs> for his stand-up. But n- normally, I have the normally I have the microphone that the the one that kind of hangs down in front of the in, in front of me. But this one I have to use the the regular ones like this that kind of swing out from the side. And I was trying to hit the button to mute during commercial break, and, and then I, I and I accidentally just smacked the. And this is the this is the side I can feel too. So there's just no excuse for that. But we are back, and one of the things that I really want to talk about here is, after now that we got the media days mumbo-jumbo out of the way, is it's fascinating to me that I, I said going into this offseason that, you know, it's kind of like that classic thing, and I've written this before, that what happens is when you're a team in rebuilding mode, every offseason kind of goes the same for fans. You go into that after the previous season ends, disappointingly, you go, you know what, next season, let's just get a little bit better. You know, so if you're Tennessee fans, you're thinking, all right, let's, you know, let's just get back to a bowl next season, get things settled, and then Pruitt's third year, things can really take off. And then about a month later, you know, you go into spring practice and you watch the spring game and you start thinking, you know what, I think maybe, I think maybe this team can win like seven or eight games. I think that's possible. And then you start reading reports about everybody lifting weights in the summer and looking all great, and then strength recruiting's coach, going good. Yeah, Coaching staff's great. getting it done. You, you see pictures. You know, pe- players are putting up Instagram stories of them doing like a billion lifts in the weight room and looking all big and strong and bigger. And you go, you know what? By the time preseason camp starts, you're thinking, oh, gosh, I think this team could win like nine, ten games. Like you just fifteen and oh, yeah, baby. You, you just you know, as the as the off season progresses. In most cases, maybe not Florida right now, but in most cases, as the offseason, wow, another shot against the Gators. As the just, offseason, no, just it's the 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 mood of the offseason not going so great for them, but uh, the the storyline hashtag plots. But if you go look at most fans, most fan bases, and Tennessee's one of them, you just by the time the season gets there, you start thinking, you know what? I think this team's going to win a lot of games, and. So I've been kind of cautioning people against that, saying I think some of the problems they have are still very real, and they're still going to be very real. And I think just you know, kind of getting back to a ball game a little better than that 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 would be a good season. And but what's fascinating though is that as this preseason is about to start, media are starting to do this with Tennessee. Am I the only one well, surprised? There, there's by, some there's some media. Yeah, am I the only one that 
is a little bit surprised by some of this because you can look at the SEC coach stuff in year two, and a lot of good SEC coaches have had really good second seasons, and I get that trend, but I, well, I don't know, man. The the two I don't know, the two seemingly most positive um, prognostications uh, have been from from Phil Still, ma- magazine guru Phil Steele. Um, he said. Was he on radio? You you were the one that wrote this. Yeah, he went was on. He, he was on radio. He, he, said on, that, he went on radio in your favorite city of I, Nashville, Tennessee. I could see them winning eight or nine games. Is what he said, right? Mm-hmm. He said eight, maybe even nine wins. And then you have the ESPN FPI or Football Power Index, which is completely objective. It's a statistical thing. It's not a subjective. People are voting on this, um, and the way they do their preseason rankings is heavily based on. Um, there's four factors. It's like if you have returning production mm-hmm. particularly at quarterback and on defense which Tennessee has a lot of that if you have a returning head coach if you have uh i think recruiting rankings are part of it as well tennessee's got some decent recruiting rankings over the last four or five years not necessarily those classes have necessarily lived up to those rankings yeah. but which makes it hard to but but that's why that all that explains why tennessee is at number 15 in the fpi's preseason rankings and the fpi is a week by week thing it changes drastically depending on the data that they get every week uh, it has it gives out win probabilities, and it has Tennessee a fifty percent chance or better of winning nine games. Now, some people took that and said, "Oh, they're predicting them to win nine games." The projected win total, because they they run this sort of predictive system over simulations. I think like ten thousand of them. Yeah, and then do an average. You, you, of them. you do, yeah. I mean, you you take in probabilities and all that math stuff. That, as we all know, I'm very bad at math. Um, Most journalists are. It, it projected their actual win total at seven point six, which is a little bit closer to I think reality. Yeah. He, um but to say in 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 the in those projections basically if you go by the, by the game percentages there's three games they're going to lose like less than 33% chance of winning in Alabama. Georgia and Florida I think are the three. Um there's five that are over 80% which are generally wins which Vanderbilt generally. Vanderbilt BYU and the other three non-conference games. Um and then so the, the other four apparently they've not watched the Tennessee Vanderbilt games from the past. And the other four few games years. um are virtual toss-ups in FPI terms like 50 percent chance to like 61 percent chance and that's south carolina mississippi state missouri and kentucky did i get that right i think i got that right here's in in general and i don't know i mean people's opinions on fbi are all over the place i i like it once the season starts i I like to me it's kind of like you you need a lot more data to really yeah put stock in it but having said that it predicted tennessee to go five and seven last season now it had tennessee beating kentucky and losing auburn which those games flip-flop um or it was a Vanderbilt. It wasn't Vanderbilt. Yeah. It was Vanderbilt. They had they had they had them beating Kentucky, but they had them losing to Vanderbilt. Or they had. Them, let me try this again. It's okay. Game, I, I punched the microphone a minute ago. It's, <laughs> it's all right. FPI last season. First of all, FPI was like really high on Florida last season. A lot of people thought, myself included, thought they were crazy. And then Florida goes out and win ten, ten, wins ten games. Uh, but they also said Tennessee was going to go five and seven. They had Tennessee losing to Auburn beating Vanderbilt. Those are the games that flipped. Yeah. In the actual, I think they got everything else was if you go by one percent, it was right. Um, so it's not, it's, it's, it, you can take it with a grain of salt because ultimately it doesn't impact anything that's going to happen on the field, but yeah. it is interesting. And it's the point of the season where point of the off season where the season's close enough. You can start talking about it and making predictions and projections on that stuff. Yeah. I like FPI because I, I look at it kind of like the two, four, seven composite. I think it's a really neat kind of formula that, that looks at, at, at several things. And I, 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 I like that. I like the fact that you make it more of a group think thing and you use some some hard numbers and facts and i i I like 
I like those things. Um, but I like FPI like after a month of the season or so has been played. That's when I really think it becomes something that I really look at and put more stock when in. you have some actual on-field data from yeah. this team. Take that for data. Because you see this in college football, and I, you know, things like this don't happen every year, obviously. But look at something like Cam Newton at Auburn. FPI and those would have had no idea that that Cam Newton would step in and be that take take that team from being so bad to win, winning a national title. I mean, there's no way to predict that. Uh, if you'd factored in the the payment, maybe. Yeah, well, if you're like, well, he he went for this much. Wow, that's that's <laughs> man, that's uh, he must be really good. We're throwing shots at Florida. We're throwing shots at Auburn. We're, we're b- well, I mean, we're also Georgia. Looking, you're next. We're looking at documented facts, though. You know, things that things that that have happened. But uh, you're gonna not, get the obs all mad at us. We're not postulating here, but but I I do think that I, I think it's interesting to talk about, but I don't think it can account for one guy being a huge difference maker, which absolutely can be the case at the college level. So I I. I I don't put a ton of stock into it. I think it's interesting, but what what, what I don't want to see and what I th- uh, think it, unfortunately we might see is that this could be a case where Tennessee is actually going to take some real tangible steps forward this season, which I do think it, it will do, but that because you see some people saying, man, this team could even win like nine games. They go out there and win seven games this season, something like that. That's a really big step in the right direction and something that, that would be good for this program. And it would maybe not be given the attention it deserves, much like last season's five and seven was not given, in my opinion, the the respect it should have been given because what they had to work with and what they had to go against. And I don't think people understand that sometimes. So I just I don't want to see people build a box here that's destined to fail. But I mean that five and seven is going to be judged on Vanderbilt and Missouri. Yeah. Because those are your two last pieces of evidence, and they were overwhelmingly bad evidence against Tennessee's Very season. Very yep. uh, if, if the Auburn game was the last game of the season, it's a completely different storyline. If the Kentucky game is the last game of the season, it's a completely different uh, storyline, the way you look at that. Uh, but, I mean, for once, you look at Tennessee's schedule. It's not the hardest in the world. Uh, their their non-conference gave them a little bit of a break. BYU is not going to be an easy game. Uh, but outside of that, it's three, you know, kind of no-brainer wins in non-conference. Should be, yeah. Uh, and, and for once, it's not an Oklahoma or a, you know, whoever on the non-conference schedule that's going to be Virginia. tough. Just or, wait till next Oregon, year. Oregon, something like that. Yeah, it's not West Virginia in a neutral site, first game of the season, uh, first game with a new head coach. Uh, so I think when you look at that and when you look at what they return, and this is just kind of what happens every summer. Uh, yeah, They get this, you know, you just keep looking forward to it and you keep trying to build up ways that they can win games. It's a little different when it's a guy like Phil Steele or somebody like that, but uh, I think you're 100% right. I think just getting back to a bowl game would be a big step. If it's 6-6, yeah. six and six, uh, it's not going to be a step that, that Jeremy Pruitt's terribly happy with. Uh, if they won seven games and went to a bowl game and had a chance to win eight, uh, or if they won eight and had a chance to win nine in a bowl game, that would be huge, huge steps forward. I, I think you look at this team, um, and, and obviously we'll we'll get a little bit of better grasp on on how they're they've progressed when we start watching them a little bit in yes. practice. We get to see and hear some stuff about how they 
who's doing well in scrimmages and who's standing out. You can just physically watch the offseason. You know, you can see the results that guys have had for an offseason because if if we'd seen them every day, we wouldn't have noticed it. But since we don't see them much in the summer, we can really look at the end of spring and look at the beginning of camp and say, wow, that guy had a good offseason. And and just, you know, we'll we'll get a better idea on it. But you look at some parts of this team, and I think you can make a case for eight or nine wins. But then you look at other parts of this team, you're like, nope. Uh, and, and the two biggest ones you look at are the offensive line, and defensive line. Obviously, I mean, you look at really hard um, to win like know, nine games when you're not very you know, good if you're not good there. Derek Garantano is still polarizing to a lot of people for some reason. I think he uh, fascinating to me that um, it is that he is. Um, but you know, I, I don't know that um, some of the some of the views on him are necessarily fair. I think uh, you know, you look at what they have at the skill positions; it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It could be in a lot worse shape there, and you think, hey, this offense could be pretty good. Jim Chaney knows what he's doing; he's just, uh, he's going to put them in much better situations to be successful than Tyson Helton did last year. Um, but then you just you just wonder, can they block anybody? Can they run the ball at all? Uh, is Garantano in for another year of just taking a beating Saturday after Saturday? Can they prevent 4.5 yards of carry on off, uh, on defense? And, can they prevent teams yeah, from and, doing and that? Defensively, can, can, will they be able to stop the run with so many new, inexperienced guys up front? And will they be able to, to you know, if they do get teams in, in third and long and second long, who's going to go get the quarterback other than Daryl Taylor? I mean, there's there's questions up front on on the defensive line, but you look at the secondary and you're like, you got two potentially NFL future NFL players at cornerback. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good start place to start. You, yep. know, you can uh, if you're a defensive coordinator and you know you can hold up in the back end at a couple of places in the secondary, then you know you can be aggressive going after the other you know mm-hmm. the quarterback. So um, you know Nigel Warrior has you know he's not a perfect player, but he's a solid player. You'd rather have a, a senior back there that's a third year starter than maybe a guy that's not started at all. Um, next to a sophomore like Trayvon Flowers or even maybe a freshman like Jalen McCullough. So you see some of these pieces uh, at certain positions on this roster, uh, and they should be decent on special teams again. There's no reason to think that they won't be solid there. Uh, they were solid there last year. And so y- you look at some things, you look at some of the positives with this roster, and you're like, okay, you can talk yourself into eight, nine wins and see it not being too much of a stretch. But then for me, it just keeps going back to the complete mysteries on the line of scrimmage. We have no idea how either of those sides, either of those position groups are going to progress. We have no idea how much better they're going to get on the offensive line. We don't know who's going to be the starting five. Is Trey Smith going to be in there? Are the freshmen going to be ready? Uh, it's a tall task to ask both Juan A. Morris and Darnell Wright to start the first game, but it could happen. Um, I think, you know, just based on, I'm, I'm just, uh, and I've been saying probably more than anybody that I think they will, but that's just based on what I've seen from some of the other guys and it not being all that overwhelming. So, yeah, and then, the, you know, the defensive line, you wonder what happens with Solomon. And, and you know, you wonder, you know, they, they maybe they're top four if Solomon's eligible. I think we all kind of know Edmund Good will be there. Savion Williams has done pretty well so far. From heard some good stuff this summer. Matt Butler, I, I don't think that's just a spring deal. I think he's going to be a part of the rotation. And, and John Mincy. Which is good because that would be, that would be uh, one of my ninjas coming back to but, life. That would be but, a big deal. But beyond those four four guys, you're like, then what? I mean, it's just, and they like to rotate up there. So I, I like Karat Garland a lot, and I think and, when he comes back, he's going to help. And rushing the passer, are they going to move Batuli down? Do they let Quiveras Crouch rush off the edge in certain situations? Is Roman Harrison, he's another guy that's turned some heads this summer, is he ready to, you know, to make an impact off the edge as a freshman? So there's just so many questions with those two position groups that you're just like, eh, let's pump the brakes a little bit on some of this eight, nine win talk. But I, you know, with, with what Grant said, I think seven wins would be, that's, Two in the cat, and you know that's two in you know in the right direction. And considering last year, seven of your you know six of your seven losses were lo- really lopsided games. So mm-hmm. you have to not only maybe become more competitive this season, but you're also talking about having to win some some close games. And Tennessee played 
was it one close game last season? Yeah, and they lost it with South Carolina. I think Armor game wasn't really close. I think we all know going into the very first game, the the, the Georgia State game on August 31st at Neyland Stadium, when leading into that, since we don't have like a West Virginia game to discuss that week or anything, I think we'll talk a lot about big picture stuff and season that week. You're and we'll, just hating on the Panthers. We'll probably do our preseason predictions then. I'll be honest with you, I don't know what I'm going to say yet. Pretty darn sure I'm not going to say nine wins. Uh, I just unless unless these linemen look totally different mm-hmm. going into preseason camp. And, and and again, I say this as someone who likes Karat Garland. Uh, I really I, I don't know that he'll that he has the upside of of Garland, but I like John Mincy's kind of country toughness, and I like the the kind of player he could be there. Uh, I I I think and and we all like him at Gooden. I think so. So I mean, I think that there's a chance on the defensive line they're going to be okay. Uh, I think they've got a really good offensive line coach. I think they've got a really good offensive coordinator. So I think that they'll probably be a little bit better up front, but how much better? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to kind of have to see it at this point. So I don't know that I'll be saying nine wins, but I just think it's interesting that, that, that it seems like it's not fans. It's some media now, because at some point guys, we know you look historically, right? At some point, Tennessee's going to be good again. We know this. Programs as good as Tennessee historically don't just fall off the map and stay off the map unless something like SMU happens and then you get like the death penalty. Tennessee will be back at some point. This is a cyclical game. Tennessee's been in a crap decade. It's going to get better. So every season, you're going to have people saying, oh, this is the year Tennessee's going to be back. And some year, someone's going to look really smart when they say that because at some point, Tennessee is going to be back. I don't know that it's this season. I do think it has a chance to have a good future under this coaching staff. I'm high on Jeremy Pruitt. I have been since uh, Tennessee's vacancy was was there after Jones. I, I've liked Jeremy Pruitt. I think he's got a chance to be a really good head coach and do some good things with the program. I don't know that this is the year that it happens because I think we were all being realistic when he walked into the situation about what kind of situation he was dealing with. And, and I, I said three years from day one. I said three years, and I'm not changing that. Rome wasn't built overnight. I, and, and there will be, I don't want to say a dose of reality. Gym room? No, not gym room. I don't, wanna, I, I don't want to say. he's talking about the Romulus. And I don't want to say dose of, uh, of reality, but, um, I mean, Tennessee will probably get picked, what, fifth in the SEC East immediate days next probably. week? That I mean, seems who, right. Who, who's going to be on the preseason all-SEC team? Legitimate question. Taylor may because of the sack numbers. Taylor maybe. Uh, is that it? I mean, Marquez Calloway is a return guy, maybe? Maybe. I mean, I don't think they had any last year in the preseason. I, I, they didn't I, I have any NFL draft picks. I don't know if, but to, uh, you know what? I could see, I could see like a Callaway or Jennings being on there. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. What have you seen Alabama's wide receivers? It might be up for them. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be at least two Bama receivers, if not more. I'm talking maybe second team, third team, something like that. I mean, I could, I could see that. It, it just, I, I think that will be another maybe stark reminder that the, you know, Tennessee has some good players, but so do so do a lot of other teams in this league. Um, and they weren't starting from the same place Pruitt was last yeah. year. And so, but I mean, all that do, all that stuff doesn't mean anything though. Once once the you know the ball is put in play, uh, and so you just you know there's so many variables. But you look at some of the you know if you're trying to be optimistic, you say okay, there's probably three games Tennessee's probably not going to win, probably not going to win at Alabama. Yeah, let's just go ahead and call it um, what it is. I think they could play Georgia tough. They played Georgia tough last year, but that looks like a tough game to win on paper. Yes. Uh, and Tennessee hasn't won in Florida since Grant and I were in high school. So yep. even if Florida with all this drama and they have a couple tough games before Tennessee rolls in there and Tennessee could be 3-0, uh, I mean, at this point, can you really pick Tennessee to win in Florida? 
I think I was a sophomore in high school. It was 2003. It was uh, the James Banks Hail Mary game. Oh, I covered it. I was down there. We know, Wes. Yeah. You were we probably in your mid-30s back then. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I've, been, so, I've been in my mid-30s for like 15 years. And then now. you're like, okay, you know, you should handle your business in non-conference. I think BYU will be trickier than people think. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know that there needs to be a bunch of Chucky Keaton references there. Ask Wisconsin last <laughs> oh, year. That's a, that's a, and that's, that's always, that when you, when you have, when there's a, a non-conference team that's not like a power, like an Oklahoma or an Oregon, and people say, "Up, oh, Tennessee should watch out." They always Tennessee fans always go back to that Utah State game that people were like the upset city. It's upset special, and then Tennessee just dominated. Some that people game. said the same about Bowling Green too, um, and Cincinnati. And Bowling Green was a good team. That's the thing. That's and the thing. Some of these, and Cincinnati when Butch Jones was the coach that they talked about they, that game a lot too. No, yeah, I remember that. Nobody said anything. Well, yeah, but, but the, you know, the thing with BYU is they're they're really big on the defensive line and they're really good on the offensive line. That's if I'm Tennessee and I'm, I'm, I'm that match. They those be. two they matchups, like, they got like 30 year old men. There. Those they two matchups concern me a little bit. I'm just saying at that early point in the season when, but it we're helps. not going to know anything about, but Tennessee's it, but it helps that it's early in the season and it's a 7 PM kickoff and the energy and enthusiasm. We'll, we'll know a lot more. stadium will be uh, as high as we'll be going into that game. We'll know a lot more about BYU than we do about Tennessee. Cause BYU plays, I think Utah in their first game, which is, yep. Uh, and, and Utah is a team. That's a good example of BYU. BYU was beating them bad last season, and Utah won a division of the Pac-12. Yep. Uh, and and BYU was beating them twenty-seven to seven. Now they choked <laughs> and lost. They capitulated the fourth quarter. But the fact that they were winning that game so uh, comfortably should okay. This team is not. They're not a slouch. But I if think you're Tennessee, it, you should win that game. And I I do get the argument that. If you're Tennessee and you can't beat BYU in week two, how are you going to beat some of these other SEC teams? But but if you watch a lot of college football and you have for a long time and you don't have respect for BYU because his, because historically any given year it can go out there and be pretty darn good, I think that that needs to get your attention. And, and, but you just look at the non-conference, you look at those three games, and you look at other games and you're like, you know, it's not a stretch to think Tennessee could be Kentucky or Vanderbilt or Mississippi yeah. State. Mississippi State lost a ton on defense. They have a new quarterback. Uh, Vanderbilt's got a new quarterback. Tennessee fans will just assume. Hey, Kyle Shermer's gone. We can beat Vanderbilt again. Uh, Missouri. I, I think Missouri will be really good, actually. Um, but who else? South Carolina's got a brutal schedule. Who knows what kind of shape the Gamecocks will be in when they come to Knoxville in late October. And then uh, who else am I forgetting? Did I get everybody? Mostly, yeah. I, 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 Kentucky's actually, yeah, I think got a pretty good line of scrimmage. So um, yeah, and, and and you and you know, it's not like Tennessee was a competitive and lost a bunch of close games last year. There were a lot of blowouts um, that they were on the wrong end of. Um, but if you're looking for hope, you're thinking, hey, you know, if we, if you can get more performances like that Auburn game, like that Kentucky game where Tennessee played above its uh, the sum of its parts, then you can win a couple more games. Well, here's before before we do step out of here and let Grant go hoist. Uh, we do need to probably mention, and I think this is fascinating. He's already started on his pre-workout, guys. Yeah. Let's go. He's getting fired up. He's, <laughs> he's listening to Eminem right I'm now. snorting stuff over here. His knee's weak. Palms are heavy. But it, he's, just, it, he's just chugging muscle milk straight out of the, spaghetti. Yeah. The, the powder straight from the, from the thing. Yeah. If We talked earlier about that NCAA football video game not being around anymore. Um, but someone has recently sort of updated the rosters from the most recent game, which I think was NCAA 14, if I remember correctly. And, Correct. and, yes. And they tried RIP. To, and they updated the rosters with like the as best they could tell, putting accurate, you know, grades on every player from every team, and they simulated all the seasons. I don't know about all that. I don't know about the, the ratings nonsense. They but put no, the names no, they, they did. 
Well, no, but they they no, but they they tweak some ratings. What you can do, and you know to make. I, know. I played the game, son. I'm, you you acted like you didn't know. They didn't say they didn't specifically say they did anything with the ratings. They just put the rosters in. That I think that means they also did. They the might have just done the names though. There's no way. But <laughs> if in if the, the counterpoint whole, Rucker the whole thing will be oh <laughs> that's harsh that is harsh a bridge too far oh too much if you look at though if if you look at that can I think it's kind of fun. It, it did. It's it, entirely for entertainment and fun value. It only. simulated Tennessee season as perhaps the most Tennessee thing that possibly ever could happen. Pat, you're the one who who stumbled upon this. You should mention it, but I'll, I'll say on the front end, it's the most Tennessee thing possible. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, um, our Auburn site did this, and there were a couple of posters on the Auburn site that were like legitimately mad about the result. I think that I think their simulation had Auburn going six and six. Like mad like people were mad at you about Grayson Allen? Uh probably. Um like they, they had people mad that like they had Auburn losing to Arkansas and people just they were done with that. Um this one has Tennessee going five and seven. They lose in overtime to Florida and Vanderbilt. Uh and all seven losses are by eight points or less. That would be about the most Tennessee. And there's multiple games that go down to the to the wire. This this is this simulation is supposed to be purely that's shades of entertainment. Old. That's pure fun. shades of 2005, right there. Um, is what that would be. And uh, the 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 weirdest one is the Alabama game. Uh, Tennessee actually like blows that game at the end in the simulation. They're we, they're leading. They get a stop on fourth down with like two minutes left. It's thirty six. It's thirty three twenty nine. You, you, I mean, Tennessee hasn't scored thirty three points in Alabama in like years. Yeah, you you would have to combine some in, stuff. in in the current twelve year stretch of losing. Uh, for Tennessee against Alabama, I think they've scored twenty points or more twice, and so this simulation it's it's fluky, it's whatever, uh, and so Tennessee gets a stop late, and then they can't run out the clock, and Alabama goes down and scores with forty five seconds left to win the game, thirty six thirty three. That's why Pruitt wants big strong men at running back because <laughs> he wants to be able to run four minute offense, and, and he wants to be able to run the clock out. Uh, and they just like the uh, computer knows it knows Pruitt man, it knows. In the Florida game, they put up like six hundred yards of offense, but turn the ball over five times. They have. Like Jared Garantano throws a bunch of like just AI super fluky video game looking interceptions, and this is a guy that threw three interceptions last season. So it's mm-hmm. like it's all for fun though, and it makes if anything, it should make us all want to see football back. But but with Tennessee going five and seven with like six or seven six or seven close losses, they do beat Missouri by three touchdowns though. That's the one SEC win. Take that, Dooley. They just destroy Missouri. Take that, Dooley. Wow. They did. They did to Missouri what Grant's about to go do to those weights here in a second. Ouch! That's not ouch. That was a compliment. No, I mean for the weight's sake. Ouch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm hitting stuff again. It's time to hit the button. Guys, thanks what, for being what, here. What is in that little canteen over there? You got? You just running into stuff. Uh, Coke Zero, unofficial sponsor of the GoVoss 24-7 podcast. Or should I say GoVoss 20, uh, Coke Zero brought to you by the GoVoss 24-7 podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, you can go to GoVoss247.com. If you like this podcast, you will really like the website. Uh, you can go there and get a 30% off deal on an annual subscription. And for cheaper than a mediocre lunch per month, you can have 24-hour, seven-day-a-week access to the most comprehensive Tennessee site anywhere on Al Gore's internet. You can also find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24 7 on Twitter, Patrick Brown's P Brown 24 7 on Twitter, Grant Ramey's Grant Ramey on Twitter. 
Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. You can also find all of us uh, on the, the website there for us on Twitter, for our site at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can follow us there, get all the all of the, uh, all of the Tennessee news without any of the personal stuff. Ramey's burner account is Grant Goes to the Gym. Yeah. At Grant Goes to 24/7. the Gym. 24-7. <laughs> Grant Goes to the Gym 24-7. Yeah. Get it? Grant Grant Bro Lift on, on Twitter is what that is. Grant also, Hoist Bro. Grant Hoist Bro. You can also go to uh, Facebook.com slash GoBalls247. The two gentlemen sitting here at the table with me have done a great job with our Facebook site. Uh, or you can go, as I said, straight to the source at GoBalls247.com. Pat, any final thoughts? No. Grant, any final thoughts? No, I'm going to the gym. See you.